Hello and welcome to the House of Oaxaca podcast. My name is Teresa Oaxaca and I am the host and creator and producer of the podcast for the moment at least. Well, today I wanted to start by introducing some of the goals for the podcast, introducing myself to new listeners who might not know me and just talking about what I've been up to. So I'm excited to uh, lay out a couple of these ideas that I have. Well, why why um, did I get into podcasting? First of all, I was actually a little bit intimidated at the idea of even getting a Zoom account and teaching online, having videos about myself and you know having to public speak. So it's kind of funny that I ended up starting a podcast, but the short reason for starting the podcast is that as I got into creating videos, which were and are still about sharing my artwork with the world, especially during the lockdown and during the COVID pandemic, I just wanted a way to exhibit my art to more people and without the barriers of you know, having to actually be in a maybe forbidden physical space. So, um, and I'm going to definitely be keeping that format. So as I get back into traveling and doing things in person, I'm going to be keeping the video work up. So one of my friends told me when they saw one of my first videos that the sound quality could be better. And so that sent me on a big rabbit hole and I researched uh, equipment and I eventually uh, ended up with this mic system that you hear me with now and by the time I had all that I said I might as well start a podcast because I have the right gear for it so that's a long story so then when I had the podcast I said what should I do with it and I had the idea that it would be fun to talk about art and interview some fellow artists but I, I already listen to a lot of podcasts and I know that there's a lot of emerging podcasts, you know, like emerging artist podcasts out there. There are uh, art business advice podcasts, art instructional, art motivational, art history. So I didn't want to really make any of those my focus because there's already so many good podcasts like that out there. So I thought I'd find my own little niche. And so I've been teaming up with a couple of people who are helping me uh, do these episodes. So we're going to have three different types of episodes. There's going to be the ones where I'm just talking by myself about things or interviewing people on my own. And those are just the House of Oaxaca episodes. So you've already heard some of those, the Leadpocalypse, the What Do We See in Art episode. Um, and then shortly after that, I got into the Art Bubbles series, which is when I brought Suzanne Lego Arthur in. And she and I started to interview people who had gone to the Corcoran School of Art around the 70s in uh, Washington, D.C. And so we were discussing that intersection between modernism and realism. And, um, you know, I actually didn't go to like a formal art school. I went to more of a trade art school. So I went to the Florence Academy of Art back in 2005 in Florence, Italy. And so over there, I learned a lot of traditional painting techniques 
I actually started out with drawing. I started out with graphite, and I did what was called the Charles Barg course, which was a course designed in the 19th century by an artist named Charles Barg. And it was to teach people basic things like what they would call plastic modeling, which is the art of making things look round. It's basically how to make the form turn and look three-dimensional. So I did a lot of that. I did more copying from what you would call plaster casts. And then eventually got into still life painting, which I got quite good at, and uh, figure painting and portraiture, which was harder. Didn't really touch landscapes at all. And I, I loved my time in Florence. I loved being around the Middle Ages and the Renaissance and all that 19th century art and you know some of the more ancient Roman art and, and Greek that they had in the museums and sometimes just out in the middle of the city. So those were some of my more formative influences. And so, as you can imagine, coming back to the States, the modernism was kind of interesting and, and be shocking to me. And I was trying to find my way in the um, American art system, and I'm still very confused by it. But that's where uh, the art bubbles connection started. And I also just wanted someone to help me drive the interviews along. And so Suzanne and I did uh, a couple episodes, and we'll be doing some more. And so I'm really enjoying those. And um, another episode series that's going to be coming up, I'll be announcing it soon, I'll be talking to a very wonderful painter and someone I look up to whose works I, um, you know, were amazing before I even went to Florence to study art. So it's going to be very interesting. And he and I will be talking about the Munsell color system. And we're going to be talking about using it to basically study and observe and calibrate color better in painting. Now, I don't actually have that much knowledge about the Munsell system because I've never actually owned the Munsell color book. So, and I still don't own it yet, but I will be getting it soon and I will be discovering it and exploring it um, with him. So that'll be uh, another series that'll be on this channel. And then uh, I'll just be making more episodes like this where I'm just talking directly to you. So one of the next ones that I'm looking forward to, it's going to happen in about two weeks, will be Suzanne coming over and interviewing me about this giant Garden of Eden painting I'm working on, or the shark painting, as uh, some people, as I call it. Um, so about... Two years ago, I got an idea to start a large 10-foot painting. And I chose 10 feet because I wanted it to be about the height from floor to ceiling in my studio. I wanted to really stretch the possibilities of space I had and start to delve into more metaphorical, allegorical, narrative painting. And so this painting is still in the works, but it's been painted enough that some of the figures are starting to emerge, and I've worked out more or less the figures, and I've worked out the background. I've worked out the main subject, which is a woman uh, facing away from the viewer, and she is 
reaching up to take a fruit from this giant tree of life. And she's sitting on a shark's nose. And the painting is half submerged, it's half underwater, and it's half above water. And there's this giant old tree of life. It's actually not that big, but it has these interesting branches that go out horizontally from the center. So there's really no trunk. And instead of a trunk, it sort of has this weird face. Like it has a kind of a cyclopean eye, um, you know, from the cyclops. And it has a big mouth. And it's an old tree. It's actually a tree that I remember playing on or near when I was about three years old. So, you know, it's it's been there a long time. And it's very cool. And when I discovered again about two years ago, I started thinking this would be great to put in a painting. And the shark, I don't know where the shark came. Sometimes I just see visions in my mind and I decide I want to paint them. But this has definitely been a turning point in my work. And the shark painting is one of several that are involving a lot more narrative and imagination. So I'm trying to blend all that classical realism training that I got in Florence. And I'm trying to blend that with things that I see in my everyday life, like, you know, a tree I would see in the woods or wild birds in a swamp or images that I see in paintings at the National Gallery of Art in Washington, D.C. And I'm trying to create narratives from my head onto the canvas, which is basically what we all wanted to do when we became painters, right? We all wanted to create things from our imagination. But if you're like most of us, it's hard to do that. And you need to study. You need to paint from life. You need to learn how to measure, compose an image, mix color, use the medium properly, select the right brushes, prepare the canvas properly, you know, learn to varnish. Um, There's just so many things that, you know, not to mention, uh, how are you going to afford all these materials, right? Um, Are you going to sell your paintings? Do you have to exhibit them? And then, you know, that sounds like a great thing at the outset. It's very exciting to, to exhibit and sell paintings, but then you have criticism, you have people's, maybe people's thoughts or, or words sway your actions and you you hold back on some of your ideas or perhaps a certain subject matter sells better than another and you start painting to sell. You know, these are all very common problems for the artist and this is something that we could talk about. And uh, Suzanne is actually coming over, as I said, so she's going to be interviewing me, but she is going to do some research. She's seen bits of the painting when she's been coming over for recent podcast episodes and I'll be sending her some of my shots of the painting and um, in particular I'll be sending her a, a painting by Hieronymus Bosch called The Garden of Earthly Delights because I've decided to make this painting part of the background in my big painting. So there's going to be a little master copy within my huge painting although it won't be quite a faithful master copy I'll be editing out certain figures and moving things around but I really like this vision and so this is really exciting and so yeah Suzanne will be coming over and trying to draw some of these ideas out for me and I was just saying to her how how grateful and excited I am that she's going to help me with this because she's such a great speaker 
she even studied, you know, putting on uh, shows and exhibitions for museums. Like she understands curation and she understands how to about how to write about art. And so, but she's also my friend and she's an artist, and that's important because she's gotten to know me, and I think she's going to ask some really good questions. I've had people asking me about my work before in the past, and usually I have not enjoyed the experience. I have a hard time talking about my work, but at the same time, I want to talk about my work. And I think sometimes when strangers who aren't familiar with you or your art try and interview you, it can often lead to more confusion than any kind of enlightenment. And so I just thought instead of waiting around for, you know, the Washington Post to come interview me or review a show of mine, I thought, let's just uh, put on my own interview and maybe discover a little bit more about my work and my art from um, another expert eye. So this is going to be really exciting. And this will just be the first of perhaps several um art expose interviews and so it'll be it'll be obviously an audible episode when we do this one and so you won't actually be able to see the painting and so I also like the idea that you'll be seeing the painting in your mind it's a way for me to share my work without actually sharing work in progress shots Um, some of you are probably laughing because you've probably seen work in progress shots it's no secret that I have been sharing bits or sometimes wide angle shots of my shark painting or otherwise known as the Garden of Eden painting. I have been showing it during my demonstrations um, in my online classes. I was even in an online conference where I painted the figure on the shark for about 12 hours nonstop and the people in the conference kept checking in with me. So that was that was an exhausting day, but that was a lot of fun. So it's it's out there. The word is out there. It's not a big secret, but for some of you it might be. And even if you have seen it, you haven't seen it now because it's further along. So I'm going to be um, talking about the process and the narrative, but maybe doing that in lieu of sharing in progress shots. So we'll see how that goes. If it goes well, I'll do more because I'm working on another two large paintings as we speak that are in a similar allegorical vein and I have plans to do more so a lot of big stretcher bars and canvases lying around the studio so that's gonna be exciting so what other things are going on on my mind well this December 17th you know, speaking of video making and online classes, I'm doing a drawing demonstration. It's going to be a charcoal portrait, and it's going to be a commissioned self-portrait, actually. And I will be doing a three-hour live broadcast. You can sign up for this on my website at www.teresawahaka.com. Or on the podcast website. It's also on www.houseofwahaka.com. And so if you sign up, you'll get a password and download link. And, well, I should say a stream link. And anyway, you'll be able to tune in while I do my very professional voiceover. 
of my demonstration and you can type in questions and you'll get answers back. I might answer some aloud if they have to do with the drawing in question and if they don't I'll answer them afterwards. We'll have a uh, I'll have a face-to-face -face chat after the demo. And then after that, about a week later, however long it takes me, I will upload this drawing demonstration onto my website and that'll be for sale for everyone for the foreseeable future. And if you buy it after December 17, you'll be paying full price for it and you won't get to ask questions, but it'll still be out there. And this is part of my plan to make several streamable instruction videos available on my website in a variety of topics. And that's something that has been requested and it's been on my mind. It's just taken me a long time to learn all the things I needed to know about audio and video, but I think I'm ready to do it. So, and I'm really getting into it. I'm really enjoying it. So um, keep an eye out for some of those. They'll all be on my website. And yeah, the online classes. I also do online Zoom classes. And so those also have demonstrations, but they're a lot more chatty. There are basically, uh, you know, panel windows open with all the students' faces and, and the camera's always on me too, even if I'm demonstrating. So it's almost like having a face-to-face -face front row seat with a teacher um, in as opposed to a real-life class where you're usually looking at the back of their head and you're trying to peer around their shoulder to see their drawing or their painting. So... Um, It'll, it's it's quite fun. It's quite special. So I'm really enjoying the online classes. They're usually on weekends. I have one this weekend, in fact, on December 4th and 5th, and it's a painting the portrait in oils class. So that is going to be really fun. You can sign up for that one too. And yeah, those, those are my those are my plans for for instruction. Oh, I should probably mention I. I just got back to in-person teaching after a two-year break because of, you know what, the the C word, COVID. Um, but I'm finally teaching in person again. And the first class I did was in Arlington, Virginia. And it was a still-life painting class with sight size. And I brought in live goldfish in a fishbowl. I brought in flowers and cakes and tea sets. And I brought in all manner of Russian dolls and, and, you know, wooden horses, lots of, lots of things to paint. And the students and I had a two-day weekend painting workshop. So people got critiques from me. I did demonstrations. It was good. It was in person. And it was so funny because uh, as I was going to put this class on my website, I opened my Zoom app to schedule you know, the date to get the code. And I realized, wait, this is actually happening. I don't need to schedule a Zoom event. I just drive up and walk in the building and the people are there. <laughs> it was so great. There was no technology involved, practically none, you know, except for the heating and the electricity and, and the lamps. Uh, but we even had natural light, you know, and tea and cake and it was great. So I was really glad. And then I had another one just a week after I went, I flew. So first plane in, in two years, I flew to Nashville, Tennessee, and I taught a similar art class, except that it was a three-day painting workshop. 
And I actually did one of the best uh, painting demonstrations I've done for a while. Or or maybe I just picked up where I left off because I did a pretty good one in Mexico City. I was teaching in Mexico City two years ago, and um, I really enjoyed that. I loved the city. I loved the museums and the people. They're so nice, and uh, the food was so good, and the, and the folklore, uh, ballet at the opera, and all these wonderful things. Um, the parks, the history, that Museum of Archaeology was great. So, yeah, I just love traveling. I used to do it a lot. One of the things I did when I left Florence, I came back and I worked for two years without traveling. And that's kind of what I feel like. It feels like, you know, um, one of the big things in my life was like, you know, going to art school in Italy for five years and then coming back and then embarking on the path of being a full-time artist. And it wasn't that I, I was already a full-time artist. I mean, I came back from art school in 2010. I had already been doing commissions during summer breaks and winter breaks to pay for my art school. Um, so I suppose I was already a professional, but I really started to crank hard when I got out of school, right? Because I wasn't doing any, any lessons. I didn't have any instructors. I wasn't paying any tuition. So I was just, you know, putting all my time and energy and money into the studio, collecting art props, getting big impressive frames, painting large, painting imaginatively, putting together art shows. And it was about two years of that. And then at some point, I think I felt like I had developed my work enough that it was time to go on a trip. And then I went on a four-month trip of Europe, mainly to see historic towns, cities, museums, churches, art collections, opera houses, you know. So I had a great time. And, but those two years of not going anywhere were really helpful for me because I'd learned so much in Florence and in school that I needed time to process all of that. And so this last two years, just staying home and painting, it's allowed me to put roots down a bit. Um, I've been obviously developing new paintings, new ideas. I've learned how to podcast and I've learned a little bit about how to make videos. And so um, I can't wait to start, you know, unleashing all these new ideas and um, using all this technology while also traveling. So that is going to be really fun. So I just accepted a trip, an offer to teach in Stroud, England. And I'm also planning to teach in Wales. So I'll be visiting the United Kingdom this September, um, late August and early September. And if anyone's out there who wants me to come teach a class at one of your schools in Scotland or Ireland or, I don't know, London, uh, hit me up because I'm looking to have one more workshop booked. I usually like to do it in pairs of three, thinking of going for about a month. So um, I'm going to start looking for maybe a third third gig as they say um but otherwise i'm just going to be roaming around the countryside probably and taking amazing photographs so i am very excited for this uh upcoming opportunities and 
I'm gonna leave the podcast here. I'll talk about my formative years and uh, my work over future episodes. And that's actually why Suzanne is coming to help draw me out of my shell. And she'll make me talk about my work and, and my training and techniques. So I'm gonna leave you for now. Thanks for listening and have a good time painting. Goodbye.